Welcome to the No Plan B podcast. My name is Rene Weimann, and with me, as always, my friend, Jumpin' Joe Asbury. And today we have a very special episode. It's just the two of us. And today, Joe will share a few stories from his professional basketball career. I'm super excited to uh, listen to that. And yeah, let's get into this. Joe, welcome. Hey, what's going on, Rene? Good to see you again, my friend. As always, good to see you again. Appreciate you. As every week, we are here, we are broadcasting, we are here for you. And um, yeah, what do you have uh, for our listeners today? Yeah, I'd like to, uh, first of all, man, sh shout out to uh, the guy who turned me on to professional basketball, man, Marcel Price. Rest in peace, man. Gr great dude, man. G great player. His, uh, his claim to fame, I'll never forget, we played against uh, all of the, the big woolies from California. It was the in that era, of course, in the 90s era, the, the Jason Kids, the Gary Paytons, the, the Brian Shaws, the Antonio Davises, the, the Phil Handys, you know, all, all of the great players from California, man. And uh, we had a, a big uh, summer league game at the summer league in San Francisco, man, the Pro-Am. And, and he scored 50 points that night, man. And I'm telling you, man, it was, wow. just it was really amazing to see a guy you know, with that size, man, and that he, he was basically born before his time, a, a six foot nine guy with a, with a handle, he could dribble and, you know, he had a beautiful shot, man. He had really deep range from, from three. He shot like uh, 42% back in the days here in the, uh, in the first division from, uh, from three. So man, yeah, man, he was a real baller, man. And he had 50 that day. And, and my claim to fame was that day I had 29 points was dunking everything but of course missing all my free throws and him cursing at me so I'm going to dedicate this episode to him <laughs> so let's get started uh you know we um basically like I told you before we had these there was big time street ball tournaments going on back then the three-on-three -three tournaments with with the the legendary Hook Mitchell he was like the the dunk contest king back then and you know there was just a lot of a lot of things going on back then man we always played in these tournaments at uh in uh in Oakland at Mosswood Park and uh it was crazy man I'll never forget man it, you know this was how it all began basically for me because we were in this three-on-three -three tournament and uh we were we were basically playing pretty well in that tournament that was actually uh, one of the tournaments where we, we lost we won the next one in San Francisco and uh but in this tournament we were playing for the uh we we're playing for basically second place in the championship game, man, and all of a sudden, Renee, like you can imagine, like there's probably let's say seven, let's say seven to eight thousand people, all you know, uh, surrounding this big park. So it's basically like a, a Rucker Park feel in New York City, but there's no, there's just no chain fence or there's not a fence separating you. So the the people are basically like they're on the on the floor, like everyone's right there. You know what I mean? And the next thing you know, man, some idiot, I don't know why, I don't, I don't know what happened, man. This guy pulls the gun out and starts shooting at other people, bro. And of course, wow. so it's during the tournament. Everyone <laughs> scrambles. Everyone, you know what I mean? It's run for cover. You know, dive, tuck, roll, get out of there, man. And the craziest shit was, I bullshit you not, five minutes later, after the smoke cleared, after the gunshots, everyone continued the tournament like nothing <laughs> happened. Like nothing happened. And me, honestly, 
I'm still scared shitless. So, I, and I, I already was like a horrible free throw shooter at that time. I probably was like 60% career or something. And man, I'm t- when I tell you that I could not hit a basket after and then, that. And that day you dropped down to like 30%, I guess, or even oh, lower. Oh, <laughs> man. Yo, me, me and Big Shaq. I love you, Big Shaq. But yeah, we were, they, we were definitely wow. shooting free throws, you know, like that. So, so, that's, so that's how it all began, right? So then, of course, but this tournament. But wait, wait a second. How, how was that? Like, uh, you were on court at that point. You yeah, we're we played the, the game. We're balling. And we're balling. Was it did, like in the end? Did you find out like what it was? Was it just some guy going crazy, or did he uh, intentionally want to shoot some person, s- someone, or? Yeah, I mean, uh, you we, never, you know, or you are, never know. Yeah, we, honestly, we never know. But of course, we heard the rumors that uh, you know there was a. a I mean, I'm not going to name names, but there was no, a no. well-known. <laughs> There was a, a well-known drug dealer at that time who used to always come and bet on our games. Mm. And, uh, and so, yeah, so uh, obviously uh, he had a problem with, with some other guy and, um, yeah, and, and lost his temper and, you know, and wanted to show everybody at the tournament uh, who the boss was. And so, and it was crazy. And, and the funniest thing was, like, you know, law enforcement, you know, there, was, there were police there, you know, to make sure that the crowd didn't get out of control. And, Law enforcement was there. They, they ran him down, and I'm not sure if they caught him, but I know one thing. I know that tournament continued, and, and I'm, just, I'm just sharing that so that you understand that, you know, shout out to Oakland, California, man, because a lot of those guys, man, when, you, when you're talking about the, the, the Damian Lillards and, you know, the, the many, many great players that have come out of that city, man, what, what they grow up in and what they deal with, man, it's, it's crazy, man. As a matter of fact, he uh, – Later, I'm hoping to uh, get a guest. I want him to be one of our guests. This guy, uh, he actually played over here in, um, for Mr. Stefan Beck, mm-hmm. uh, Vincent Golson. So I'm, I'm stalking him right now to bring him on our show. Mm-hmm. He's from that area, so he can share some, some Oakland stories too. But, uh, but to okay. keep it moving, uh, what happened was that tournament led to another tournament, which was a tournament that we won. And after we won that tournament, uh, we met this guy, like I told you the story before, Richard Fareed, an agent, and so we went to Japan. So that was like my first with a touring team in Japan. And uh, so this was my first real pro contract where I really got paid well, mm-hmm. got some cat, got a, got some uh, uh, five thousand buck advance up front. So it was uh, basically it was going to be a, a three on three tournament with also the option that we would be uh, touring around with. Uh, professional teams at that time and doing exhibition games. So me, Kevin Ellis, shout out to Kevin Ellis, my man. He played at, uh, at University of San Francisco, also great, great 6'6 point guard. So me and him and Marzell are on the same team. And it's, I mean, you know, so it's great. So we get there, everything's beautiful, man. The money was great. We stayed in five-star hotels. We traveled all over uh, Japan. We went to, uh, we were in Tokyo. We were in uh, Amaru City. Um, Yokohama, and we we had exhibition games, three on three games for kids, um, exhibition games against professional teams at that time, and and man, it was just such a beautiful thing, man, to be able to to play in front of big crowds and and me flying around dunking everything, missing all my shots, and <laughs> Mar- Marcel cursing at me because I wasn't rebounding enough, and and Kevin Ellis with his great game setting everybody up. He's just a great player, you know, you know. Kevin Nelson, one of those guys that just has this that high basketball IQ, you know, like he mm-hmm. can just he can run any offense, and he's a great player, man. So, but long story short, so now everything everything's over. We got our cash, 
and we're on our way back home. And I'm so happy because at that time, I basically was like, I was basically like a bum. I worked at the, uh, my, my job was to sell pot part-time. I worked at a, a youth prison for, for young people. And, and I lived with my mom and, and slept on her couch. I was like my mom's roommate. Mm -hmm. So, so, so the thing was, you know how it is, you know, I've been basically, I've been freeloading, like, you know, mom's not charging me rent or, and, you know, providing all my meals, washing my clothes. I'm basically like a big child. I'm like baby boy. So the thing is, bro, to have that feeling, to have a pocket full of money, you know, I had, you know, you weren't allowed to have a, you couldn't bring at that time or not anyway, when you come from overseas, you can't bring more than $10,000 in cash. You know what I mean? So. So I actually had, uh, I actually spent a thousand gambling, try, trying to get more. If I could have had, if I could have came back with 50,000, believe me, I would have tried. But uh, so I actually had like 9,000, I never forget, like 9,020 bucks or something. And I never forget it, man, that, that feeling to know that as soon as I got off that plane, as soon as I got back home, I was going to run in there, man, hug my mom and, and throw a bunch of hundreds on the table and be like, mom, I told you I could get paid to do this. I'm not just the bum that you see selling weed every day, okay? <laughs> and bro, so now imagine this, Renee. So now we're on the bus, everything's good. We're on our way to the airport. So we know how it is after the game, you're basically with your, with your guys, you're having a replay of what you did well. You're basically bragging, oh, I jumped on this guy. Marcel, oh, I shot this three. Oh, come on. Every, every, team, every team on their way back from any game, it's always the same, 100%. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Especially when you, if you win, you know what I mean? If you lose, then it's not too much shit talking going on. But if you win, of course, you know how it goes. So I noticed, you know, the bus, and it's like a big, it's like one of those big, you know, the, the Greyhound type of bus, the, the same type of buses that the uh, bonus league teams here travel with. It's, it's a bus like that. I always just call them big greyhounds, like a big greyhound bus. So the bus starts swerving, so it swerves to the right. I'm like, okay, cool. Then swerves to the left, like, in, you know, into, uh, now, now, mind you, at that time, uh, you know, traffic's coming, there's two lanes going this way and two lanes coming, so we're swerving, basically, and there's no divider. So we're kind of swerving into oncoming traffic on the other side, and I just noticed it. So I'm like, hey, man, hold on, what's going on? So I said, man, let me, and of course, and my guys, you know, we're, now, we're, okay, now we're partying at the same time now, of course, we got a pocket full of money. We're drinking heavy on this bus. We're, we're sucking on cold ones. We got a bottle of vodka. We're taking shots. We're partying like wild animals. And so I get up and say, hey, man, Zell, I'm going to run up, up front and see what's going on with the bus driver. Renee, I walk to the front of that bus. This dude is sleeping, bro. This dude oh, is snoring. <laughs> He's snoring. Bro, when I tell you, when I tell you, man, shout, shout out, shout out to all those black exploitation movies, specifically the Mac. Man, I reach back, and when I tell you I gave this dude the pimp hand, bro, I slapped this dude as hard as I could, bro. I, I reached back, slapped the dude. He falls out of the chair, so now who's driving the bus? Oh, I've not I've knocked him out of the chair, bro. I get in the driver's seat. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, bro. I can't make this up. I have a I have a witness. Kevin Ellis, you are my witness. <laughs> I pull the bus over and stop it, bro. Wow. Pull the bus over and stop it. And then, of course, I dust off the bus driver. 
he's not speaking too much English. I'm not speaking any Japanese. Mm -hmm. I just dusted him off and told him, hey, man, sorry to put my hands on you. I really apologize about hitting you. But man, I've got to get home to my mom, bro. Like, I, I have to have this moment with my mom right now. And I don't mind dying. That would be you know, uh, maybe that's a pretty cool experience for some. For me, <laughs> right now, I don't see that as being a cool experience. I'm scared. I'm scared shitless. And I need to get home so I can, you know, put some money back into the pot that I've been only taking out of. And uh, yeah, man, so that was a wonderful experience. I actually saved some ballplayers' lives. And I mean, of course, I was of course. I was a hero. Like, how I was many? A hero for one day. What, what, what bus was that? How many people were in there? Like, Oh, I would say it was like a normal, um, what's the name? Oh, yeah. I would 40? Say it was like, yeah, you know, it's like, you know, like the bus that, that travels here around Germany. I think it's called Flexi yeah. Bus. Yeah, like 40, 40, 50 probably if it's. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I'm not, mm. I'm not going to go overboard with my hero act. You know what I'm saying? I, I'd say there was, yeah, let's say maximum, let's say 30 <laughs> people. It was, it was common sense. You just, you just reacted to the situation. I mean, most people would, would react in that way, but. I guess the driver was okay with how you managed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most definitely, man. And so, and, and to be honest, that's how my, uh, my professional basketball journey started, man. And, and after that, it was just, it was an up and down road, a bunch, a bunch of highs, a bunch of lows. And, uh, but I, I, honestly, I've never uh, traded in for anything. And, and that's also, uh, I'm glad that we could speak on it today because I want all the young people that hear this to know that even though I love to crack jokes, and I love to, you know, be the funny guy and act like a cornball. But uh, at the same time, man, you just never know how, how, how precious your own life is and others around you. Life is a precious thing. So, you know, when you're young, you feel invincible and, and you feel like you can do anything and get away with anything and try different things. But, you know, I would say, you know, just stay, stay focused on your sport, you know, for, for my guys who are my basketball guys. I mean, I stay on them all the time, but, You know, for the guys that you train, the, the basketball athletes you train, the track and field athletes that you train, you know, take every day, train every day with Renee like it's your last day of training because, I mean, I don't want to wish anything bad on anyone, but it, it possibly could be your last day of training. So take it serious, train hard, and um, yeah, and maybe one day you'll be in the Olympics and uh, when you're on that long bus ride going to pick up your medal, you know, someone won't ruin your moment falling asleep at the wheel. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Uh, 100%. Uh, that's, um, that's, you know, normally when you say things like that, like this could be your last day or do whatever, like you can, you could miss it tomorrow or whatever. It's, it's, there is nothing bad in, in, inside of these messages. This is just some type of uh, expression that you just, you know, you live in the moment. And Of course, you have goals, you have short-term goals, long-term goals, what you want to achieve in 10 years. But still, uh, you never know what happens. Things can change. And you just have to make the best out of the situation, which does not mean you should party all day or eat shit or just, you know, you, you, there must be a balance between those things. Yeah? You have to work for your uh, long-term goals, for what you want to achieve next year or in 10 years, but you also should live in the moment. And there must be a balance between those two things. Exactly. And that's another thing that people don't understand. You know, and, uh, and I, I've been a wild party animal like my whole life. And I always tell people, partying is overrated. Hangovers are definitely overrated. 
And, you know, and at the end of the day, it's like, think about it. Let's say, for instance, one of your athletes from Hanover goes on to be, it doesn't matter, it doesn't even have to be, um, you know, the Olympic gold medalist sprinter. It could be, okay. You're, World you're championship. The, uh, yeah, yeah. You're, Participating. You're, you're, World championships, yeah, you're, for example. Yeah, you're, 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 at the, you're at the world uh, championships, who knows, in uh, Vienna, Austria, or wherever in the world, and you medal. You know, even if you don't, even if you don't take first place, but you medal, you stand on that podium and you medal. That's something that many people will never, ever do, A. And B, that's when the real partying starts. If you're standing on that podium and you've got that medal, that feeling, the feeling that you have from all of that hard work. I mean, it was like when I was on that bus, the feeling I had thinking about all of those days, all of the injuries I had up to that time, all of the pain I went through up to that time, all of the, the, uh, the close, you know, the, the life and death situations that I was in, only to live out my dream to be able to pick up some cash with a basketball and to be able to share it not only with my mom, but with the rest of my family. And, you know, yeah, man. And so that's the whole thing. It's like, you just have to, of course, we're going to live in the moment. And when you're young, like I always say, you don't realize it. No one's thinking, okay, tomorrow could be the last day. That's why I always just say, you know, but train like it. Train like it. And trust me, the, the big parting will come when you win that medal. You're standing up there with Coach Renee and you got that medal and you'll be feeling great. Trust me. Yeah. Or even if you, if your goal is just to participate in those events, to be there, to, to run in front of a crowd, to, to be a part of it, to live the dream in the end, even if you don't get on the podium, even, even, even that is a, an accomplishment most people will never have. And uh, if a medal, if you get a medal or if you win, it's even bigger. And from there, you can only win. If, if you're in it, you know, if you're participating in it, you, you reach the mark and from there, it just gets better and better. So absolutely. No doubt. And then, I mean, and that feeling too, you know, even as track athletes, even though, you, you know, everything's, it's, uh, it's you against, you know, yourself basically and the other opponents, of course, but it's still, you know, it's still, it's a team. It's still a team. You know what I mean? If some, if, uh, even, even the, let's say, you know, if, if you, if you come in, let's say you're, uh, you're running 800 meters and you come in third, no big deal. Or, okay, your next race is, you know, okay, we're, we got a, a 400 meter relay. Boom. Let's roll. Now I got teammates, you know what I mean? Yeah. So now I got other people to push me too, and I don't want to let them down. So it's just, you know, it's just a beautiful thing, man. And I always tell young people, man, just whatever your dream is, you know, just do what I did. Just reach for the stars and, you know, hey, you might not land on the moon, but uh, no big deal. I landed on Pluto. Let's get it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Out yeah, there <laughs> My Pluto. My mascot. Trying to dunk on people, missing free throws. <laughs> Same as it ever was. Yeah, I mean, that's a great piece of advice. And um, yeah, right now we like our podcast basically started right into this coronavirus thing in March. I, I remember how I was in, in on the Philippines when we recorded our first episode and then things changed so drastically. They, first, it was a blessing for us or not only first. I mean, this whole thing was somehow a blessing for us because we had so many ball players who were sitting around uh, all over the globe having the time to talk to us, to share their stories, to share their experiences. So for us, it was good for, for, for the creation of this podcast thing. Now we are about three months into this, a little bit more. So um, what would you say with all the, of, of course, like right now, even this, the George Floyd situation uh, going on in the USA, like uh, we've heard so many people talking about all of these things 
virus and everything and political situation. Uh, what would you say about it right now? How did you witness the last few weeks and um, what, what do you think will evolve out of this in the next couple of months in the rest of this year? Yeah, um, yeah, first of all, first and foremost, man, let me thank you, Renee, man. You don't understand this, this podcast has really, it helped me mentally during the <laughs> quarantine because, because I, I found myself just, you know, every day, I mean, thank God I have weights at home, you know, so I, I mean, I was working out really heavy every day, but I also, you know, I had demons within myself that I had to fight, you know, and because when you're at home alone all the time, you know what I mean? You basically, you're gonna, yeah, you, you have to deal with yourself and you gotta, you know, look inside. And, and sometimes when I look inside, you know, there's some, there's some things I really have to fight off. So, so first and foremost, like I said, I want to thank you for that. And um, I mean, for me, I only see better days coming, man. You know, rest in peace, George Floyd. I really didn't even want to uh, jump onto that topic too much because my thing is me and you are good friends, man. Color doesn't matter. You're a homie of mine. I got love for you. I'm not worried about color. At the same time, your life matters to me. All lives matter. But of course, but right now, for sure, black lives matter. Because if there's a house burning, I heard a guy say this the other day, if, mm -hmm. there's, if, if there's a house burning on a street and no one else's house is burning, whose life matters? The people who live in the house where their house is burning. And that's what's going on with black people right now. Mm -hmm. The only reason I didn't want to touch on it, and I'll say this to the world right now, the reason I never touched on it is because I'm from that era that if I have a problem, I'm going to pick up a gun and solve the problem. Yeah. I'm not going to let law enforcement attack me. I'm not going to let anyone on this planet attack me. Let's be clear. I don't care if you're white, green, purple, law enforcement, <laughs> if you attack me. Now, if I'm doing something wrong, if I go out there tomorrow, and I rob a bank, then, and I'm a former gangster, so I know how cops <laughs> and robbers go. I'm gonna put my hands up and say, hey man, I robbed a bank. If I get shot and killed for robbing that bank, no problem, that was the game I played because that's what the, that was the decision I made. But if mm -hmm. I'm coming to uh, Hanover to drink a, a Harryhausen beer with my guy Renee, and the police stop me, and then all of a sudden they think that they're just gonna beat on me, a, that's not going to happen because I fight very well. B, you better cuff me and bring that dog out quick. Because if you don't, then we're going to get it in. We're gonna, I'm going all in. And that's why I didn't want to touch on it because I know I'm a role model for young people. And I don't want them to hear me say that violence is the only answer. And that's why I've left it alone. I say, hey, I pray for George Floyd and his family. I'm sorry about the looting going on. I'm sorry about racism. I'm sorry about everything going on. And I hope that there's a better way. And, you know, so let's hope that cooler, uh, cooler heads prevail. Let's mm -hmm. hope that goes on. And, and, you know, and that's, that's, that's my take on that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Normally it but is like that. The, cooler, cooler heads prevail. Yeah. For so sure. but as far as, the, as far as the coronavirus, um, you know, thank God my, my team, you know, we actually, we have, uh, we, we started up practice. Uh, last week, you know, we had our first practice and of course everybody showed up, man. And, you know, guys weren't in the best of shape, but I was really surprised <laughs> because, because my starters, I have to admit, my, my starters were in, were in very good condition, you know, I mean, considering what happened, they all stayed in the gym. Of course, you know, we missed a lot of shots, including me. I, I couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. I, I missed every three I took, but, but, you know, because we just didn't have the access to the gyms. And we didn't have access to uh, to basketball in general, but but uh, they stayed in shape. 
they worked out. And that, that was the first thing they said to me. They said, damn, coach, coach, you getting big. I was like, hey, man, don't, I'm not playing with you guys today. I cannot run. So, you know, so we all, we all had our issues, but I'm proud of them overall. And, I mean, I see better days coming, bro. Yeah, and first of all, uh, in terms of basketball, it's like a very specific um, movement when you when you take a shot, when you go into the dribble, when you go up for the for the for the hoop. And uh, what I want to say to everyone here right now, from from all of my studies and from all of my practice with basketball players, track and field athletes, golf players, anyone like I train so many people from different sports. And I heard from professionals like I remember in the basketball world. I think I heard that from. Mello from Camelo Anthony and also from Allen Iverson back in the days, they sometimes they they put away the basketball for months in their off season. They don't touch a basketball for two months or something like that, or three. I don't know. I don't know the exact, but quite a long time. And of course, when and they they just first of all they recover from the season. They just go on a vacation wherever they they just to recover and then the next couple of weeks they work on different things you know they go they go into they go for the weight training for sprinting for for just getting in shape and they don't touch a basketball they do other things they they just free the mind that that they get a chance to to restart from some point and when they get back into the gym of course their shot percentages are bad in the first couple of weeks of off-season team training but They are professionals. They are back at it within a few weeks. And so will everyone else go back to the normal level. So if you miss a shot right now for this week and next week and probably the week after, it's no problem. You will get back to it. You know, the, the important thing was to stay in shape. And if you say your youngsters stayed in shape, uh, it's a great thing. And it means they made their home workouts, their body weight training, whatever they went out, or at least they went outside for jogging. And um, that's a great thing. And you should not worry too much about the very specific skill of basketball. Because in terms of movement, our brain always also uh, benefits from breaks when you are in a very, very specific thing. And basketball is a very specific thing. You know, this, this movement of a shot or a layup, as I said, is very, very specific. And this is no problem at all. And I'm telling yeah, this from a sports science point of view. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, I'm, I'm proud of him, man, because, you know, just mentally, I think mentally was the toughest part. And of course, I, you know, I didn't even talk to them too much about basketball. I just asked them how school was going. And a lot of them, they finished up their school now. And, you know, and of course, they took advantage of, you know, the online school where they could, you know, they could, they were allowed to sleep in. So honestly, every, everybody, I have to say, overall, the whole team enjoyed being able to sleep in. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Even that is some type of a good thing. Like it also opens up new, new, new uh, opportunities. You know, every whenever whenever a door closes, and many more doors open, and um, there are always good situations within every bad uh, thing that happens to you. So there's always a chance to to do something you probably never done. Even I, even I experience that right now. Um, as you told our listeners a couple of times, I also. Uh, Like most of what I do is online coaching, but I also work with a few people in person here, track and field. And I have a few kids who are on a very good national level. And I see right now, they some, some of them, like every school has their different type of how to deal with this. Like some of them have a week of school, then they have a week off, then they again have a week. Some people have every second day. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and the week after it's Tuesday and Thursday. Like every school has their own uh, approach to this. But I see how great that is. Like, if you have a, if you have someone who is really 
good into their personal development and who really has a plan on how to approach those things, it's great for them. We can practice in the morning sometimes. We can, we can, uh, we can practice more. They can sleep. They can recover better. They can focus on their school. Some kids, they sit down on Monday or they work all day Monday. Like Monday for most of the kids I train with is our off day. And then they train and then they work. Then they do their homework and they finish like 60% or 70% of all of their week's work. And then on Tuesday, we can, they, they don't have to worry about it. We can train and then probably do the rest on Wednesday. And on Thursday, we can train again in the morning and it's like very relaxed. So you have this absolutely different environment and some people really uh grow from that and it's really cool to see that yeah most definitely man and you know and of course i don't want to make light of it i mean uh rest in peace to all the people that lost uh lost their lives to this uh, horrible virus but i mean at the same time it also shows you that hey you know you have to eat good you know you have to train oh yeah you, have to, you know what i mean health 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 is wealth you know what i mean you can't just because uh i mean i know a lot of those people also had um, underlying conditions and health health issues even before so so of course once something like that comes then it's yes yeah, it's basically like the grim reaper showing up so you know rest in peace to those people and you know and for us we're gonna keep pushing baby we keep pushing yeah okay joe um yeah we sat down for half an hour it was great to to have this type of uh, recap for, from our point of view and uh yeah next week we will have our next guest next friday and um, slowly, slowly, things are opening up. We go back to normal again. Hopefully, we will have seasons. We, we had great conversation with Aaron Williams last week and the week before. I really enjoyed that. I think, I think so, so did you. And um, week by week, we will probably learn more about how the season is going to happen or not, whatever, whatever happens. But we are prepared. We will talk to other ballers all over the world. And yeah. Next week, we continue. Yeah, no doubt, man. Shout out to all the, the non-racist people out there, man. Let's, let's, leave, let's leave racism alone. And, and, you know, shout out to all of the, all the dirty cops out there. Come on, stop it, man. Protect and serve, man, and do the right thing as law enforcement, man. We need you guys to protect us. We don't need you just killing us. Come on, man. Do your job. And me and Renee will continue to do our jobs, all right? Let's all be fair. Let, let's all do our job. Let, let's all make this world a better place. And that's, that's coming from a guy who, who hasn't always been the guy who wants this world to be a better place. <laughs> great. And I think we drop a lot of great things here. And conversations are also something to make the world better, in my point of view. And that's why I love to do this. And I love to do this with you. So, yeah, No doubt. Thanks. No doubt. Good to see you again, brother.